check. Check, check. Hello, hello. I'm here. Look at that. We're all present. Shut up and sit down. Go outside. See those kids? They're having the time of their lives riding their bikes. They know what's up. I ride my bike. I ride my bike all around. Yes, I do. Your addiction gets worse. You spend less time at work doing work and more time looking at bikes. I ride by all my friends and I wave hello. You are listening to The Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Contrary to popular belief, owning a bike doesn't make you a cyclist. You have to ride it as well. Uh-huh. My bike is very good. Become obsessed with your bike. Fixate over specs, head angles, and weird things like tire so I better have my helmet on. It's time to ride your brand new bike. It's so much fun just pedaling up and down. Yeah. One day you see a press release for a brand new bike. It's like yours, but 15% lighter, 35% stiffer, and it's red. Hi, right, welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Vondering, and I'm here with Lance Friggin' Hepler. Lance Friggin' Hepler. <laughs> back in the podcast studio. Right here, for your pleasure, in live in studio. And you well, brought the mustache with I you. I do have quite a ridiculous mustache. Sully is uh, yeah. kind of working his way It's back. kind of coming back. I'm, I'm like on the border between... Respectable and not respectable. <laughs> <laughs> are you and are you and Brandy having having fights lately? Is this is this your your passive uh, passive aggressive no, way of sticking it to her? My relationship with Brandy is fantastic, <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> Until Sally comes back, and then as far as you, <laughs> as far as she knows, she hates you. That's exactly right. <laughs> awesome. You never know. To his left, Mr. Evan Price. I am drinking. Holy cow, that thing is massive. A <laughs> razzle. Ba- is anybody here a peace tea fan back in the day? I used to like ride my skateboard to <clears throat> gas stations just to get peace teas. Like way too many of them. Oh, what's the other? There's a lot of good flavors. Oh, Arizona tea. Arizona's, Arizona's peace yeah. tea is much better than Arizona, it in is. my opinion. For anybody who cares, the razzle berry flavor, delicious. How many ounces is that? 32? Oh, so many. I 24, have no 32, idea. somewhere there? I, no, 23, I think. I 23, said yeah. That can is massive. It's huge. How it's many servings big. in that can? This barely fits in like it, a lot. Oh, that's a good question. Okay, one size is their serving size. One can is the serving size. That's a ridiculous serving size. <laughs> wow. That's like four Cokes are in here, basically. <laughs> nice. We've got a special guest with us today, boys. Mr. Mike Guyvan. How are you, Mike? Feeling much better this week. <laughs> We got you live here instead of uh, on the lines. Yeah it's, yeah, it's good to be here. Can we throw out your AKA, your alias? Or, or we want to keep that, that on the That needs to be his intro. No, that needs to be his intro, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Beef Mountains. Beefy. Mr. Beef Mountains. Now, you, you've been going by that name for some time yeah, now. For, yeah, for, for some time. Dylan Wiggins, who we know, kind of coined the term. That just how did that stick to you? I mean, I, I don't know. You've like gone whole hog on that thing. Yeah, full beef I, on it, and I absolutely <laughs> love it. And it's in in a way, actually, kind of even motivates me to even train harder because, like, you can't be beef mountains and be slow. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah, like that's you, you got to live up to the nickname. Um, but it's <laughs> that's so true to me. It almost it's, it was very surprising on how quickly it stuck, because um, mm-hmm. everybody was like. As, because as soon as it, it came out, and then I think it was like a ride later, I did a KOM, and it, 
all the comments are like, oh, Beef Mountains, Beef Mountains. And I was like, <laughs> is that, is that right. when you changed your Strava name then? Yeah. Yes. And then okay. It like, and then it, it went on for like a week like that. Like literally almost every ride that I did, there was a comment on Beef Mountains. So I was like, I just got to change it yeah. at that point. <laughs> this is not my internet name. This is so. My target for this week is this dialed guy right here. All these dialed guys are super strong. Beef Mountains. And this guy's got a crazy sprint. So what I want to do is stay on his wheel as best I can, at least so I can watch what he does. We love you, Dylan. <laughs> How many people do you think actually know your name that you've raced versus Beef? Do you think more people know Beef Mountains than Mike Guyvan? Oh, by far. I, um, I think by like a 50% ratio. Like 50% more people know you by, yeah, by your Strava alias. The best part is you had a custom kit made with Beef Mountains on it. So, so awesome. <laughs> it's, it's a skin suit, isn't it? No, it's, I, it's actually um, it's a two-piece. Oh, okay. Um, but it looks like a skin suit. It's like it an extra like small, though. It's, yeah. it's, it's a... <laughs> It's when, it's when he's at yeah. pure KOM climbing weight is when that one comes on. Yeah. That's a one of a kind, and there is only one Beef Mountains out there, so I love it. Gotta love it. Very cool. Boys, mm -hmm. how about some backpedaling? Mike, let's go and go to you, Mr. Beef Mountains. How was your, your last week? You do any bike racing? No, no bike racing. It was just nothing but indoors as usual. I probably do more Zwift riding than almost anybody that I know, <laughs> um, and that's just with work and family. It works out the best. Do you ever race on Zwift? No, I don't. Um, just because I don't, I don't know. I didn't particularly have like hear necessarily good things about it. Yeah. And for me, it's not the best use of my training time. Yeah. So it gets it gets old after. And a little for bit me, too. it's all about maximizing my my training. We'll have to talk about that a little bit later on in this mm -hmm. little podcast. <laughs> so you rode all week on Zwift indoors. Yeah, which that's like 90% of I my I think Lance just threw up in his mouth a little bit. Make that yeah. make me sick a little bit. <laughs> You've got to be one of the better bike handlers I've ever met who spends that much time on Zwift too. Like I know a couple guys who are like all Zwifters but are still good bike handlers. And Mike definitely like falls into that category. For, well, for me, because it's my biking started with mountain biking. Yeah. I'm a, like I, I mountain biked for years before. I, I always thought, Road biking was for the biggest sissies. <laughs> and that well, you you wouldn't catch me it dead. Is, that's very true. You wouldn't catch me dead in Lycra. And then I tried it on. I was like, ooh, this backs are very nice. <laughs> very cool. And then you started shaving your legs, and then it was no, all I, over. Actually, you went right full sissy. <laughs> I haven't gotten that far yet, but I, I wanted to, but never got permission from my wife. And my wife's like, you will never go that far. <laughs> she knows if how we, much time that's costing you on some of these KOM attempts, I, right? I'm trying to, and maybe one day I'll just if have we to ever go. go <laughs> if we ever go after the China Ditch one, yeah. I'll talk to her and we'll be like, okay, make one exception it, here. It might be one of those deals where you just have to ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> <laughs> it will grow back, honey, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Never Evan. do a triathlon, man. You'll start shaving your arms, and then she's just going to, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Evan, what about you? How did this past week go? I know that you didn't have a race, but you're getting awfully close. Yeah, I've got a race coming up this Saturday um, in Oceanside, California. Uh -huh. One of the last card I'm wrong. This is the oldest Ironman race, isn't it? It's one of the oldest, I do believe. It's got to be, because it used to be called Super Frog, I right, think, back in the on, day. It's on, it, doesn't the bike course go into the marine base, right? Yeah, Along yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it still there. does from yeah. what from what I know. It, it runs very close to it either way. Yeah. But um, yeah, so just came off a big training block. I'm trying something new that is basically train as hard as possible up to about five, six days before the race and see if my fitness can recover in 
very short taper. So kind of a little different approach than I've done before, but, uh, we'll see. It's, it's going to be, this is how a lot more of the pro field is actually doing their tape. We just, with the, the structure of the races early season, if guys try to shove three races in, you usually run your tapers really, really close mm-hmm. to the race. So today's like my first, not really hard day in a while. So nice. Yeah. Feeling good. You're going full gas at it. The full gas. opposite of what we're I'd about like to a, talk about. Today. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, I did a. I did a thirty, almost thirty-four hour training week two oof. weeks ago. So, oh my yeah, gosh. about a week ago now. Yeah. So in the process, I was of not. I was not working full time during that. I definitely took that week off. That, yeah. that, that was a PTO driven at home uh. training camp. But yeah. <laughs> so in the process of this whole go hard, go fast, go forever in a day, mm-hmm. did you punish Strava at all? Did you take any any? You know, no, I really wanted to so badly, but just like Guy Van with the not Zwift racing, I kind of had to decide, like, I was obsessively specific with this training block. Yeah. Like, this this training block was, this took me about a month to develop it off of a lot of nerdy research and basically plug this in, and Josh was an absolute champ to say, okay, I'll do every part of this with you, and I was like, cool. I would never wow. ask. There's very few. Wow. I mean, anybody who's tried to train like high, high volume like that in triathlon, if you find anybody who's actually going to do all those training sessions with you, that's a lifelong training partner well, there. It's not even just that. It's the fact that you guys can hang with each other. And it was, it was eerily. I mean, there were days where one of us would be feeling good. The other one wouldn't, but we hung with each other on yeah. basically every single, I mean, it was almost every single rep outside of our Saturday tempo run. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I was just wondering if there was any like uh, casualties of war in there because of like efforts no, that you're putting into the bike. So there was definitely, um, I really wanted the week before I started that we did the, uh, so at the Mike Myers time trial, I really wanted that 2018 Jack yeah. Frost yeah. KOM and I was close, but not quite close, but no cigar. Yeah. Next yeah. time. Next time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, help. Yeah. Welcome back, dude. Thank you. Welcome back to the Pacific Northwest. I was gone for like five weeks. Yeah. Les just got back from training camp. <laughs> I just glazed him. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. This last week, um, actually, I took a couple days off the bike. Um, we were traveling and we were rock hounding for a lot of it. That's kind of the second thing that Brandy and I do other than ride bikes and go to cool places is we were rock hounding in Nevada and Arizona. How many pounds of rocks came back to the Hepler compound? Oh, I, I, I'd be embarrassed to tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's probably a 50 pound bag of rocks oh that we God. brought back full of different, uh, where, you know, where do all these rocks go? Um, they're in my rock section in the, uh, in the garage. I have a, I have a whole like I have a whole lapidary if you guys set up. Ever you know what move, lapidary is? I do not. But if you guys ever move <laughs> from this house and you have tr- like yeah, yeah, movers, leave, are they going to be like, oh, of, yeah, we can throw rocks. the rocks away, right? They're like, no, God, no. That's <laughs> 2,000 pounds of rocks. We need to take all of them. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's, it's like gemstones and fire agates and like cool crystals and like. Actually really um, cool. It, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's like a treasure hunt is what I say. It's just, it's. It's just me screwing up. Will, will somebody inherit the rock pile? I, no. Serious question. It'll, it'll just like get incorporated into the gravel of the backyard. <laughs> People will just at some point there. be like, why are there so many really it's nice gravel the, rocks? I've seen there. some of the things that Lance has found, and they're actually really stinking cool. Yeah. Anything that you brought home have any value to it? Uh, yeah. The the fire agates we found are are worth roughly $80, pound, $80 a carat. And I probably found a thousand carats of it. 
Holy Jeez. cow, are you kidding me? No. You're so getting robbed for this now. <laughs> My God, somebody's hopping your fence and stealing all this fire. If it's polished <laughs> properly, I mean, I have probably a thousand carats that would probably polish down to like 500 carats worth. So it, it has actually worth something. Nice. And it's only found in like a couple places in the world. And one of them happened to be in Arizona where we were. And you can just roll there and take whatever you want? Yes, it's Who do you land. sell those to? Yeah. Like wow. who? Like um, jewelry makers. Jewelry makers? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I've why are more people anything. out there than harvesting that? I mean, is it just yeah. too much work to get yes. them polished down? Yes. Huh. It's a lot of work to polish them properly and it's and to cut them properly. And it's also, it takes some time to find the right places. Because oh. the nice places have actual mine claims and then it's private land. Yeah. But the BLM land where you can actually find things that you can just pick up and take, yeah. it's, it's uh, harder to find those places. So of your thousand carats, could you just offload that to somebody that's willing to do the work? Yeah. And so for a third of that price, I could just offload it. I could just sell it to somebody. I'm just picturing Lance right now, like on a mountain bike, running away from a guy from his private property with one of these getting shot at okay. just like in Arizona. So, <laughs> a couple years ago, did you I, get chased? After? No, no, oh, I've God, never been chased, <laughs> but like a couple years ago, I'm doing the skull the Skull 120 course. It's a gravel race in Eastern Oregon um, near near Burns, Oregon. Yeah. And I am like head down, barreling down this course, and I start seeing huge chunks of obsidian all over the road. Okay, <laughs> Do you know what obsidian is? It's that super shiny black volcanic rock. Yeah. That when you very valuable, it, right? It's, it's not very valuable. It's just very cool. Okay, this is, it's a it's this volcanic rock and i am like blasting down this thing and i'm like oh my gosh oh my gosh there's obsidian because usually you find little tiny pieces of it but these were like hand fist sized chunks of obsidian please tell me and i'm like oh my did you gosh. stop and get these um i stopped and picked up one piece but i was like there was a there was a segment i was chasing and i stopped in the middle of the segment to pick up this piece of obsidian so, of course, like later in the day, I drove back out there with my wife. And I'm yeah. like, hey, we, I found an obsidian spot. It's not, it was on an Indian reservation. So it wasn't in any of the rock hounding books. And we now have all this really cool obsidian. <laughs> Is that considered coaching? <laughs> it might be. I'm not sure. <laughs> I never wanted to find out if it was illegal to take it off the Indian reservation because we just took it. Dentist, family man, <laughs> investor, yes. poacher. Haunted. <laughs> Rock poacher. Lance, you'd be the only guy that weighs himself down with rocks in the middle of a race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lance. It's the same thing happened in Moab once. Spending $6,000 on a light bike, mountain bike <laughs> mid-race to throw I put rocks 20 pounds in of rocks in it. <laughs> I had I was I was doing a, a loop in Moab and I came across a chunk where there were these huge pieces of agate, like clear looking agate, and I literally loaded up my camelback with huge. If there's value in those, I would do the same thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking this. It was it was embarrassing. Yeah, so I have done that. International man of mystery, rock collector, <laughs> Lance uh, Hepler. It's just such a silly habit. You, you know where where it started from with me? I, I don't know. Sorry, we're going on a rock. No, no, this is. I'm actually very interested right now. So we're going down this. Is I've I've traveled all over the world. I've yeah. been you know a lot of places in the world, and um, I never wanted to buy souvenirs. So what I would always do when I would go to places, I would just find a rock and I would write. It's pretty cool. Like, 
Bitteray France, you know, mm-hmm. 2013 on it. So I do you have one from the Wall of China too? I when do you have marathon? one from yeah, China. That's yeah, cool. one from the Great Wall of China in like yep. two different places. So I have these rocks with names written on them and dates from all over the world. Well, after doing that for a while, I started looking for cooler rocks than just the piece of gravel that I was like yeah. <laughs> taking yeah. somewhere. And it kind of snowballed from there. And, and Brandy took me to this one place and it just like blew up from there. So, yeah. This has been Rock Talk. <laughs> we really, lead out, let's take away lead out news and just go with just Rock go with, Talk just from go now. Rock <laughs> talk like, what, what rocks do we have to talk about today? <laughs> Somehow we so just start <laughs> blowing up on random like boards. <laughs> have you ever seen Lance? The, there's, there's a couple guys and I watch these videos just when I'm like, kind of want some, not, not necessarily quiet time, but I'm just kind of zoning out something put in the background. Yeah. They, they also find these rocks, typically agates and they polish them like diamonds on the wheels. Yes. It is the most, some of those beautiful things you'll ever see. And I've always, I've actually looked at the machines on Amazon cause my boy is actually what you're describing a rack hound. that's his dream. <laughs> he, that just wants to do is just walk around like, and find like, rocks. He'll come in the house just with pockets full of rocks. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Like, so I Lance, don't need those. I should have taken him to the van at training camp because like, we had a ton of rocks I could have yeah, given him. He would absolutely Mike, love this it. is this is how we become professional cyclists is you and I just have to learn how to polish these things. Lance collects them for us, brings us back, and just one day on our rest day each week, we polish the crap out of them and sell them for two thirds when he sold them to that's us. That's right. And there we go. We can retire from our jobs. <laughs> that's that's a whole nother thing. The the polishing, it's called that's what lapidary is. It's like cutting and polishing different rocks or gemstones. Stones and what? So that's what I just feel like those means. those businesses, and this probably because I've seen too many movies and shows on this. Is like I'd be scared to go into a business like that because I feel like they just kill people in those businesses. <laughs> yeah, if you have like if, good product, they kill yeah, you. And then, <laughs> then he he has like this whole book on like the different cuts and different angles and different, yes. it's like it's insane. It's like, dude, I kind of want to do that. <laughs> it's really cool. It's kind of yeah. fun. You like you you're out there digging and you find something really cool. But and can you? Just, can there were a lot of rock like collectors better. actually around Appalachia. So like I know in West Virginia and Ohio. Just because of like yeah. obviously the 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 way the Appalachian Mountains are structured, they're very steep, cliff, so you can get some like older older rocks further down. There's things you can find in every single state. You should go to Ohio and bring back a cool rock for me. <laughs> go to the Let's Cuyahoga see. River Valley; it's very beautiful okay. there. I'm sure you could find a cool rock. Hey, <laughs> have you seen Joe Dirt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, was he from Ohio? <laughs> that ad, or meteoroid or asteroid that he found? <laughs> oh yeah. I do. <laughs> Lance is just the slightly more polished version of Joe Dirt. Polishing that turd is like, (laughs) something just ain't right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that was funny. That was good rock talk. Too much rock talk. I did ride my bike this week, however. (laughs) I didn't just search for rocks. Uh, Yeah, I got back late Friday night and uh, ended up going out for a road ride with uh, Jake and Ed on Saturday afternoon, which was fantastic we just kind of got in our bikes and dinked around dinked around where do you want to go i don't know where do you want to go uh, i don't go care this way yeah. <laughs> that was fun and then we had a gravel ride on sunday with uh, five or six teammates that uh out in the larch mountain area um where we were talking about it was that was a fantastic day as well jones so. creek to grouse vista big, yeah. big old loop out there it was 35 miles and it was Beautiful. Yes, we had a, we had a great time out there. So yeah. I did get to ride with my teammates after being gone for a month from all my teammates. I've been wanting to ask you a question: Is that babyhead gravel still out there? 
Uh, yeah. A little bit. Um, it's not th- that bad, though. It, it, it's not as bad. Ed did flat. He hit something and burped a wheel that wouldn't seal, um, hitting a baby head. For listeners who don't know, a baby head is a rock that is about the size of a baby. More rock hounding here. (laughs) (laughs) It's a rock that's about the size of a baby head that's just like the dome of the rock is sticking up out of the uh, And if you polish it and sell it to a jeweler, you can make $5. (laughs) You can get $5. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, there is still some baby heads on a lot of the roads out there, but it it really wasn't bad. I wouldn't consider it to be problematic at all. So I think Mm -hmm. it it was normal gravel riding. It wasn't all clean and plush and, and buttery smooth. It was some gravel and yeah, it was some gravel. Fun. Cool. All right. Well, um, I think you've kind of covered everything that I did. Um, but you, you, <laughs> you, one a little you, fun fact, you went rock hounding too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had some gravel yesterday. <laughs> no, but, um, team training camp aside, this was the first week and I can't even remember. I'd have to go back and look. It's probably been well over a year since I didn't ride on Zwift. Oh, really? Not once. Not one time. So mm-hmm. I did do my, my row stuff. I'm doing the rowing one, the, the C2, the Concept 2, mm-hmm. which has been fantastic in terms of trying to help my shoulder out. Um, but I did not ride on Swift one time this past week, nice. which was glorious. Congratulations. Yes. Nice. So the polar opposite. <laughs> you are the only here. one that could say at this table. I have never, never had a week like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure if I've ever had a no Swift week either, actually. It's <laughs> been a minute, but I used to kind of always just ride outside, and then all of a sudden I... Got soft and old, and I don't know. Yeah. I just I can only do it so many days in a row. It's terrible. I'm but just even soft when it's and young, man. I just need to stay. Even yeah. during like summer months when it's nice and the days are long, I still find myself on the trainer at least once a week, just because mm-hmm. that's what the schedule will permit. Like if I've only got a certain amount of time and want to optimize it, and I don't want to have to get a bike ready and get myself ready and go out and ride and come home and get changed. I can just go jump on the trainer. It takes me thirty seconds to get ready, go ride, get it done, go jump in the shower, and I'm, I'm off and running. So yeah. for efficiency sake, that's uh, it's a good setup, but. Jeez really nice just right outside so this past week though we we kind of like opened the door back up to all of the 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 group rides that we've been doing and it's been fantastic we did um our gravel ride on tuesday which was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun um there's stories there but we don't need to get into that (laughs) then we're doing a a shop ride out of the lab here on wednesdays at 12 30 for anybody that's interested that's in the vancouver area wants to come out and join us you can get all of the info from strava um, for the invites that come out for that. And that's been a lot of fun. We had a decent little group for that. And then we did the flogging ride. The flogging ride oh. is back. Flogging one happened last Thursday. It, I, now you talked about it being kind of a chiller ride for the yeah, first one. Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Normal dialed training ride. Correct. But I mean, there was still you know plenty of other people. There was a lot of people that showed up. And I was pleasantly surprised at how many people came out. At the beginning of the week, there was some threat of possibly being some weather. It couldn't have been a more beautiful day. I mean, there was a couple sc- scattered clouds in the sky, but it was just like more of like making the sky look nice, you know, and it was warm and blue skies for the most part. And the temperature was perfect and everybody showed up and we had all four groups ran and. Wow. That's your boyfriend, Josh Monda calling right there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry, Josh, I'll have to get you back later, bud. Um, anyhow, it was, uh, it was every group was represented. The, the D group was a little bit on the smaller side. I think they only had like five people, but the rest of the groups were all 10 plus. And I think the A group was something like 13 or 14 people. Oh, so cow. A lot yeah. of Pacific Automation guys came out too, right? Uh, there was a couple of them out there, yeah. Yeah. Nice. And it was fast. Paul first. Paul. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap, that dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he... Oh, uh, yeah. 
he he won the first half on a breakaway, and uh, the second half, I I still don't know who won that because I actually had to peel off, I had to get home to uh, help out with my son, so I yeah. missed the final downhill oh. sprint section because yeah, I was trying to <laughs> be a good husband. But anyway, yeah, it was a great week. We did the gravel ride, and that was spectacular. Go ride Jones Creek. Go go do the little it's loop fun. up there. It's, yeah. it's, it's fun. It's a lot of climbing. Yeah, we did only did thirty five miles, and it was forty seven hundred feet of climbing or something like that. So it's. More than the golden ratio, but that's yeah. what you find on good gravel roads anyway, yeah. usually. So. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, that was a, a glorious thing, so... Champ Bailey, top five? I think he's in the top five. Hey, Champ. I mean, I'm not just going to go out... Champ is here. <laughs> Champ Bailey here. Bailey. <laughs> oh, a little remix there for you, Ben. <laughs> All right, what you got? Um, the big race that happened this weekend was Ghent Wevelgum. Um, oh, good pronunciation. Yeah. Was, is, was I right? I have no idea. Okay. Yes, I <laughs> yes. was right. And yes, I Belgium. Right. I don't know. <laughs> it was a pretty exciting race. There was a lot of big names in it, uh, and none of those big names actually pulled it off. Um, yep. There ended up being like a four-man break with just, was it like 15 kilometers to go or something? It was right near the end. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how far they out were out, but I know that the, the, the Peloton cha- was... The chase group was in sight. Yeah. And yeah. it was an impressive break. Yeah. The finish was spectacular, watching these guys play cat and mouse with each oh, other, yeah. like literally coasting. Like, you come around. No, you come around. Yeah. No, you, you go and first. Get, I'm not going to go... And Gent has that ridiculously long straightaway type finish where from the camera, you can like see, see everybody. the yeah. Peloton coming. You're like, oh man, these guys are playing a lot of cat and mouse right yeah. now to know how yeah. late this is coming. <laughs> so pretty fun. It ended up being won by Biniam Germay. He is an... It, Eritrean. Eritrean, yeah. which is a little East African com- country. That has a crazy amount of good aerobic athletes coming out of, for how small this country is, I mean, they have some of the best distance runners ever that have come from there. Well, it is like, is it, it's like near I think it's at Ethiopia, altitude. Yeah. so it's at altitude. Yeah, so, they yeah. just have, I'll, I'll tell you what, man, I was, I was just talking with somebody about this. If, if these East African countries start sponsoring some cycling teams, Europe is going to need to get ready because we're talking historic levels of aerobic fitness in just their training programs and everything. I mean, and this 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 guy's just a start guy. He's a I mean he's a sprinter. Like not a I wouldn't say he's a full sprinter. He's a really good. Uh, I mean, you know, he he was like a Milan San Remo favorite too. He was like in the top ten. Like when you were here in the list of talking at Milan San Remo, guys who knew the younger names coming in, they're saying like, watch out for this guy. He's yeah. he he's got some pop, mm. and he showed. He has a lot of pop because mm. that sprint was, I mean, he blew Laporte's doors off. So like that yeah. was four guys. He ended up like with like 300 meters to go. He was at the back of the four guys yeah. and, and with 250 meters to go, which is a long ways. He just went for it. Yeah. yeah. He just like, that was bolted. a long sprint. It was a long sprint. 250 yeah. meters is a long sprint. And he held him off. And this was a guy who climbed in the chase group at Milan San Remo too. So he is not just some like you sit on sprinter, you know, at this point, like this guy has a, some range and he is going to be dangerous. He's young. Was he like 21, 21? Yeah. <laughs> Get this is, this is, this, this guy is add another name to the sub 25 group that everybody needs to start watching out for. Will his team be at any of the uh, grand tours? That's a good question. That's a great question. And I intermarche wanty go. I think they might be at the Giro. I think okay. I could be wrong on that, but I think that team's been in the Giro before, so they might be. How long does he have left on his but, contract before, <laughs> before he's he snags up somebody yep. before before he's riding for Quick Step? I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> but here's so I was I was just talking with Kit about this actually. Sagan's done. You think so? so? Done. These the, these young guys are 
eons ahead of his pop right now. It's yeah. he's not even close. He just Still pulled early. out of the Tour of Flanders, which I believe is this weekend. Yeah, I mean it wouldn't matter. Like, I, w- w- does anybody in their right mind right now think that he could beat Wout or MVP in anything heads up? No, no. He would have to. S- yeah. Something would have to go wrong for a lot of guys for him to win a race yeah. now. I, I still say I don't want to completely write him off yet, and it's I'm I love Peter Sagan. I think he's fantastic. I'm really big on making bold claims, and he's going to win the next race. He's for sure going to like win whatever race he goes into next. But I think he's uh, got, he's not winning another race that isn't some yeah. early season random sprint stage. Yeah, well, I just got to wait and see. It's still early. He still could just be trying to yeah. get you know the cobwebs dusted off, and he still could be trying to get everything finely tuned. You never know what he's going to have up his sleeve, but yeah. in a multi-stage race, he might have some stages in there that he could potentially win, but like a... This this next generation, I think, is too quick. I think know. he's he's part of the... the I mean, he was he was the, the a starlet of his generation, but it is it's yeah. coming to an his end ship here. Is, yeah. yeah, riding off into the sunset right now. He's not feeling good. He That's why he, he pulled out of this weekend's Tour of Flanders, saying that he's struggling to find race ready form he was at Ghent Webblegum but um, he did not finish after he was pulled from the race ahead of the final climbing loop interesting so huh might have been why straggling back he's just in some bad form right now I think (laughs) yeah Living the good life, maybe yeah. a little too much. I don't know. He's I think been, so. been the I kind think so. that was always pretty diligent about his training. So I'm yeah. hoping that uh, he can. He had a great career. He's coming down more. to the end of it. Whoa. Yeah. Champ out. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, do you have any triathlon stuff that you need to put in here? Um, <laughs> let me think. Sam Long is ridiculously fit right now. He's won his last two races. And yeah, that's really it. Um, Oceanside's star list is absolutely stacked. There's. Alistair Brownlee is going to be there. I think even some of the cycling fans might know who Alistair Brownlee is. He was gold medalist in Rio in London. Yeah. Um, I guess we're riding the same bike there. now, Evan. Why don't say, yeah. I, <laughs> we're, we're like technically on the same start. We're not in the same race. It's, he's, <laughs> he's, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be in the second race. He can go ahead and go in the first race. But yeah, that's, um, it's like 50 some guys are on the start line. So Holy it's cow. a huge start list. Yeah. A lot of big names. So it's going to be fun. You going to go up and say hi? Uh, no, I'll probably try and like do something funny, like run into him accidentally or something like that. <laughs> a little slap on the butt. From what I've heard, I've never met the guy who could be super, super nice. I've heard he's not the friendliest sure. pre-race. That's not his thing. He's yeah. not like a, he's not like a goofy Sam Long or even like, even though Lionel seems intense, like Lionel's actually a nice guy before races. Yeah. Matt Hansen's like the nicest dude you'll ever meet. Matt Russell says hi and borrows pumps, but like doesn't, it, apparently that's not Alistair Brownlee's thing. Yeah. So that's fine. I mean, when you're, when you're the best, you know. I I heard yep, kind of Jan Ferdanos that same way too. He's kind of in his own his own world. Sure. You know, he'll say hi to people. He said hi to Cassie, which was awesome. But like some of those best guys, I think once they get in their zone, just leave them be. Yep. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into the topic for the day, mm-hmm. guys. You ever been time crunch for training? No. Never? No. Always. <laughs> <laughs> that is the reason why we brought this guy in over here. Mr. Mike Guyven is uh, a busy family man. He's working and schooling and doing all kinds of things all the time, yet he always seems to manage to find just enough time to whoop all of our butts. About to have a third kid. Yeah. Yep. 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 So the, the the topic for this week is just time crunch training and getting fast on the least amount of time. Like, how, mm-hmm. how do you go about doing that? I know that I sometimes struggle for time, too. If, 
if I have my way, I want to be somewhere in the 10 to 15 hours. Some for Evan, that doesn't sound like a lot, but <laughs> for me, that's yeah. a lot. But if I, yeah. I, I get into modes sometimes with work and family and all the other things where it's maybe going to be six to eight hours, which for me, I know that that doesn't work really great, but maybe there's some tactics here that you guys can help, uh, Mm-hmm. folks listen to this because I, I do talk to a lot of people and they usually will say i can afford maybe four to six hours a week can is, is that enough what, what's what's mm-hmm. the optimum number and what are some trip tricks that we can use as cyclists or athletes in general to get ourselves trained up beef was on six hours for a while weren't you yeah weren't you on six for a while so I, I was doing actually also when you were still it wasn't me until tonkey, last year that i bumped try to bump it up to 10 but i was on six hours for basically always a long time yeah Yeah. um and then well we'll we'll go into why i switched up to 10 hours later but um for me it was it's all all about intervals 100 percent intervals yeah um there's does every workout that you do have some interval structure in it yeah uh, there's only basically the only day that i don't have intervals is my rest day yeah and even then I still sprinkle in intervals then. My favorite erg mode workout from you is it's like 280 for 90 minutes. Just no ramp up. It's yeah, just well, like, yeah, it's that was, just that. Was, that, like. that, was, that was a rare one where I did, uh, the, I did, I did one workout where it was, I held 250 for four hours and then another one 280 for two hours. And yeah. that was, that well, and this is, and this is, and this is what I love about this answer. Cause I think, I think it's like you could make this such like a clickbaity bicycling.com magazine article where it's like how to get fast off six hours a week. And the answer would be like really, really hard workouts. <laughs> like yeah. you better be mentally Typically, ready to commit yeah. to something that's brutally hard. Um, but do just, I just keep going. Yeah. Just, well, yeah. Just keep talking. I mean, why, why did you choose those workouts? I mean, what is it that made those special for you? And then I'm, I'm really curious to know like what, prompted you to jump from six to 10 hours what kind of a difference have you seen there and if you were to go back to six hours could you still maintain the same fitness you have now no um short answer um well the reason why i went from six to ten because i've always heard actually you yeah jake um talk that 10 hours per use kind of a magic number yes and i was like i'll give it a shot and i didn't necessarily shoot for 10 hours right away what happened was i because i always rode one hour a day mm-hmm. and then i was like and that was right around like on, on Zwift, it put me like 22, 23 miles yeah. in an hour. And then I was like, well, I'll just bump it up to 25 miles. And, um, and then, but then that will typically took me up like um, to like hour 15 ish. Yeah. And I was like, shoot, if I just add another 15 <laughs> and do hour and a half of every and day and, 10 then, hours and, and then do like two, two hours to two and a half hours on the Saturday, you know, do a longer, like 50 ish mile ride. I'll be at 10 hours yeah. without actually adding a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm like at hour 45, which is, <laughs> yeah. Um, how but, long, how long did you mountain bike for before you started road biking? Um, that sort of depends because. It's kind of like asking a kid, "Oh, when did you start biking?" Yeah, that's true. It's like when you're ten. Yeah. But when when did you when did I actually start like training? It's it's kind of hard to say. Yeah. Um, like I actually didn't actually start training training until I joined Dialed. Mm-hmm. Um, everything besides that was just kind of just moseying around. Yeah, for fun. For fun. Um, but for me, it was um, going from from the the six hours to ten hours like 
I could just feel my my fitness because doing doing the one hour, like my fitness within under 50 miles, let's say if I was doing a race or anything like a group ride under 50 miles, golden. You were good. Like mm-hmm. anything over 50, I'd start having issues. Was that after the Oregon Road Race Champ when you had cramp problems? Was that kind of around the time when you realized? Yeah, and then... Because that was in that last attack, right? Is when you started cramping? Yeah, and then it was... And then I figured... And then... But then I started putting diet into there. And then once you start putting diet, and it just... It just... The, the rabbit hole got so deep. It was yeah. insane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember... Um, I remember like a hundred mile rack ride that we did together and you were just crushing with us until hour four and then you just blew to pieces. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, what, what happened to Mike? But that's, like, I don't know. But that's a funny thing because but then that I, doesn't happen anymore. No, is what I'm saying. no, because when we did the, um, uh, the St. Hal Windy Ridge ride again, we were hammering home. Like, and that was what an hour, that, that, that was an hour, like five of that ride, I think at that point. Yeah. But even, even on training camp on that one day, man, I, I'm so bad. Anzabrego. Yeah. On the longest day. Yeah. When I, like, I went solo for 50 miles and I felt just golden that entire time. I was, yeah. Oh. Cause that, I mean, really you, you, you look at how many years ago did you join dialed? Is that six, six years ago now? Roughly. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, yeah. it was probably what, 2018, 17, 18. Like you were towards the beginning. Yeah. More towards when we first got, got ball, the ball rolling on the team. But um, yeah. Your, your, your training is really cool to watch from, from that point actually. Cause that's like, I think you were always, and this is like, anybody's like, Oh, I want to be like as fast as my guy been up six hours a week. It's like, well, Mike's going to be way too humble here and realize that like not every athlete gets to jump on a bicycle and put out the watts that he does, like period. Yeah, there's just, a genetic component here, just, folks. I mean, <laughs> there's just genetic, and then also childhood. You know, sports yeah. you played as a kid, sports you got good at, like things that develop you as a cyclist. And then you put in a mental component to that too, where I think this is because sometimes people want that magic answer, and then they don't realize that's like, yeah, you better be ready to really hurt because yeah. I know very few people who can hurt on a bicycle like Mike can. Like I, yeah, like it's. it's I mean, it's kind of funny because like. When I just started looking into it, I looked up, you can like Google charts on like, like what, what pro numbers are. And it kind of breaks down all the cats. And I was like, man, if I could do 350, like, and I never thought I would be able to do 350. You were, you were obsessed for with an 350 FTP, when we for were an FTP? doing for, for yeah. FTP. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I thought there's, there's just no way. Um, and then, but now it's like, I look at it and it's like 350. I was like. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so currently, let's just break some of this down. And again, I don't want everybody to think that just because they go out there and put in 10 hours of work that they can be mm-hmm. a Mike Guyvan or an Evan Price. Um, your current FTP is 380-ish? Yeah, at my yeah right, right now. Because I, I actually, after training camp, now that I really ramped up my, my high-intensity intervals. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right around there. 380. And then your current weight is? Yeah, that's, that's I'm hovering just about above 150 right now. Gotcha. Do you think that you have more watts to gain in your FTP? And do you think you have a pound or two or three left to lose in, in weight? Because you're pretty, you're just as lean as you've been. Like you were pretty stinking lean last year. Yeah. So last year, my lowest I hit was 147. But that was, I mean, 147, that was after a long ride. So not doesn't really yeah. count. This year, um, and Jake and I talked about this a little bit before the show, 
um, just because I'm a massive jerk. I want to hit 145 <laughs> just so I can be lighter than my pregnant wife. <laughs> She's going to punch you in the nose if you say that, dude. <laughs> Your oh, wife probably weighs a buck nothing bite. when she's not pregnant. So. Yeah, when, when she's not pregnant. When she's, she's not like carrying another human being. One, yeah. one, 105-ish. But, yeah. like, this is my one chance that I can be lighter, and I will rub it in for the rest of my, our lives together. Oh. Mike's getting punched when he gets home, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Dog That's house. So I still remember when you were working down, like, under 150. There was when you, you have, like, 15 more watts than you did back then? Last yeah. year, this time? Yeah, so it was – so. To make a um, the, the, recap the whole thing, last year we went on a group ride up Larch Mountain, and I was at 165 pounds, and I held right around 350 watts up that mm-hmm. climb for 20-something minutes. 370. No, that was... Is that the second time? That was the yeah, second time. That was uh, what he was like. Yeah. And then, but Nate held like 400 something watts 402 402, and they still at 350 watts i ended up still i think i was ahead of him by like maybe 30 seconds or so or somewhere right around Mm -hmm. there and then this idea got in my head well if nate held 400 and i held 350 and i still beat him by like 30 seconds or whatever yeah how much would i beat him by if I lose five pounds. <laughs> so all of this is actually Nate's fault. Yeah. Um, but then, so then I went on this crazy borscht brisket diet. And then I ended up losing 15 pounds in one month. But Oof. through that, I kept training and my FTP actually even went up. So the next time I went up, I was 15 pounds lighter, but my FTP was 20 watts higher. Oh. This okay. is this oh. is right around the time I got really scared that Mike all of a sudden was now climbing at or faster than I was, which I do not like. And then all of a sudden <laughs> he got actually lighter than I was at one point. And I was like, yeah, no, Mike's going to drop me on every climb we do together now. <laughs> so going back to the nutrition component real quick, borscht and brisket. How did you land on that? I know that the borscht is a very Russian-centric That's dish. That's the most probably... Siberian diet I have ever heard. Did you, like, kill woolly mammoths, too, and just eat them raw? Like it's... No. So, like, like a, a very classic combination with borscht is um, it's like an uncut bacon, uh-huh. like a thick one. But because I love smoke and brisket, it's, like, my specialty. Um, <laughs> I was like, well, I'll just do meat. And then... So the, my whole diet thing is actually pretty funny. Like, well, well. <laughs> I was just saying, I, I really want to hear this because you've never in detail told me what you were eating. Yeah. I just so, knew it was so, mostly so meat. The, the first thing, actually, I didn't even try to particularly go on any diet. Um, I just tried to cut a little bit. So the first thing I actually cut was sugar from my coffee Okay. in the morning. And then I was like, well... So then in the morning, I always ate three pancakes. So that was a standard three pancakes for breakfast. And I was like, well, I'll just eat two pancakes. Um, <laughs> and then I just started cutting little by little because I didn't – one thing I was very scared or worried about, I didn't want to lose weight and mm. lose power. For me, yeah. that wasn't, wasn't worth it. Yeah. Um, so when I was cutting, my eyeballs were glued to the power meter because I was like – I was so scared it dropped like five points. I was like – all the food, sugar in the coffee um, again. <laughs> but 
I did this gradual, um, this gradual cutting because I wasn't sure it's how a taper kind of a thing. yeah because yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure. I've never been on a diet before. I've been 165 pounds for since ninth grade. Yeah, and I still technically am on my normal weight. Um, so I started cutting. First, it was my sugar, and then I basically cut my breakfast by a third and my dinner by a third. And then for lunch, I ate fruit, just just fruit. Um, because and because then I got into like oh, the whole gut cleanse. Because um, I was like, well, I just kind of want to flush everything out. Um, so then I was like, well, I'll just eat like a soup for for um, for dinner because well, it's mostly water. Um, and if I eat like a a veggie stew, um, it'll just help me just kind of flush everything out but then that got a bit too much i was like i, I need my brisket i just i, I need because more protein yeah because so well, we went from veggie soup to like yeah because the wife brisket. The, the wife and kids always want it and i was like i can't just look at them eat brisket in front of me and not eat it <laughs> um so i i i had the the like a two-thirds full bowl of the bush and two slices of brisket and that was basically you also can't be dinner. beef mountains without eating brisket <laughs> this yeah. this needs to be your book when you're done with your cycling career you write about brisket and be brisket in mountains yeah. or something like that <laughs> so for those that don't know what borscht is can you tell people what's in that um it's basically a a vegetable stew that's really really heavy on beets um and beets and typically any red fruit or veggie has very high um nitrates in it which phytonitrates mm-hmm. yes um which help with the whole just power e- endurance and yeah, yeah just everything guys so the russians knew about beet juice like long before portland got into it this is <laughs> um, and i'm plus, a huge plus advocate of that plus yeah. it's really really good most people think it's like oh beet soup that's you know, so gross i'd but never had it before and mike and his family came down to training camp and mm-hmm. he volunteered to cook the first night because we were taking shifts every night and he cooked the very first night he brought down a smoked brisket with him oh and he gosh, made the borscht. the borscht stew and i'm oh. like I'll, i'm gonna eat that just because i want to try it and and i know what beets taste like very earthy and all that other fun stuff and i yeah. thought for sure that i'm like it would be good be serviceable i'll eat it just because i know the benefits of beets i took the first bite of that like really good oh my god that was tasty good awesome. and uh, immediately like, mike i need this recipe and like i sent it over to my wife I'm like we are having this for sure so it's like beets and potatoes and carrots and onions and yeah. celery yeah so many yeah. Good there's in almost everything in it yeah. um and it's it's tasty yeah it's it's, it's, it's really good <laughs> to, to wrap up the answer to how do you get good off six hours a week you eat brisket borscht and you do erg mode intervals for six hours a week <laughs> yeah there you go um, <laughs> so well all, well speaking of erg mode one thing once i got the smart trainer because before i had the dumb trainer i do a hard interval and be like hey, i'm done and then you just coast. Yeah. Erg mode. I mean, yeah, you, you can turn it off, but erg mode doesn't let you do that. So you have to just keep just keep you it, honest. Yeah. Um, and it improves your whole mental state of um, overcoming the suck. Yeah. Of intervals. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and like even when you go out on either a flogging ride or a race and there's breaks or literally anything there's there's going to be a lot of suck that you have to overcome gotcha. so going back to like the the topic of the day um how you get fast on very little training Borsch. Borsch. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna say that 
to get fast, you're definitely going to want to maintain a good, proper, healthy diet because yep. you need to be able to replenish yourself and you need to make sure that you're going to stay lean and all that other stuff because that's what's going to help you get faster. Mm-hmm. What about rest? You are a busy man. You are up at the crack of dawn for work. You've got two, almost three kids now, and you've got your family activities. You've got training. How are you doing with rest? And where do you where do you sneak in your, your training at? So typically, as soon as, well, typically I wake up every day um, at 3.30, go to do my work stuff. I come home and I immediately jump on the bike because if I w- pretty much wait any longer, I'm just tired and just basically worthless. What time do you get off work usually? I know it depends on the project, but... Yeah, it depends if, well... Mike's an electrician for anybody who doesn't know this. Yeah, typically, like, I get off work maybe 2.30, 3 o'clock. Gotcha. Depending. Whew, that's a long day. Um, uh, and then, so, rest-wise... It doesn't really exist. I'm tired all the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, How many hours a night is your body adapted to working off of, though? Because clearly, like, your rest cycles worked for you. Like, like if you took your typical person and tried to shove them through your schedule, it wouldn't work. But that's... So, it's it's kind of... So, I will say this. When I got on, onto my diet, one of the biggest things that I've noticed is on how quickly... I recover mm-hmm. from hard workouts because before, before I dieted, I can eat candy like nobody's business <laughs> and just, and just like, it's kind of disgusting. But when, when I cut out the sugar and all most of the carbs, I will wake up. If I go to sleep at like nine o'clock, I'll wake up at two 30 and like, I'm good to go. And I'm fully recovered. Because, and this is my personal theory, and typically I, I generally don't eat after six o'clock. And mm-hmm. the reason is because what I noticed, if I stop eating three hours before I go to bed, I feel like my body doesn't try all night to digest the food, but it focuses on actually building and recovering um, my muscles. Yeah. And I feel like I wake up a lot more rested when I'm I eat a little bit less and cleaner instead of just stuffing myself with junk. It's like oh, I'll just burn it off tomorrow. Oh, are you listening to this, Evan? You have a nine thirty. I know. PM. I was I was I was about to say this is hilarious because Mike has like the most like really. If you look at this, this is how like. Like the Eastern European cyclists, which this only because I read like a bunch of these biographies on this stuff. This is how the Eastern European cyclists trained in like the 50s and 60s because they would eat super meat heavy like diets. But then they had a very specific time they'd stop eating and they all woke up super early compared to like what more like Western European Mm -hmm. like guys like they they would wake up at very early hours, which means in theory they might have been getting less rest. But clearly they were doing something right because when they came into like, you know, the French Peloton at that time and like they were crushing. I mean, they and then going through the 80s and 90s, they were really crushing. Yeah, because well, even my brothers after last year, I, they kind of tried it and there's like, dude, I wake up at like four o'clock in the morning fully rested. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's, it's almost kind of weird. I like just and like I told him, it's like I feel like just the body just recovers because it doesn't have to digest all night long i can't cite it but there is science out there that will support exactly what you're saying like eating close to bedtime there's a lot of stuff that happens at a physiological level with your body that Mm -hmm. will interrupt sleep and it will cut down on um like your body's ability to recover and repair 
as well as just having deep restful sleep. So, and there's, there's something to be said about getting that deep restful I'll, sleep. I'll very respectfully disagree, but that's only because there actually is a debate in the nutritionist like environment uh, about okay. this. There is. Yeah, there we'll, is. we'll have to pull data. It's, Maybe this could be another It's topic. actually the, 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 the theory that I subscribe to, which is one, one person's opinion is there is a group out there that believes whatever habit you build, your body is going to adapt to digestive wise with recovery. Oh. Well. So that's, and, and, and I, I only bring that because I do know guys like me and a few others that, I mean, will eat at like 9 PM yeah. usually. And I can fall asleep 10 minutes after yeah. I eat and, and have a full like eight hours. Easy. No, There's, don't yeah. get me wrong. I could stuff myself and pass out like that. Yeah, sure. But it's how you yeah. feel when you wake up. But it's, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. I just know my physiology, somehow I am able yeah. to and do that. Every that's single day. the point right there is. Yeah. There's four of us sitting here with four very different physiologies that yes. all adapt to different things in different ways. And what's good for me isn't going to be good for you. So, yeah. I mean, and that's what everybody should take away with this. A, yeah. none of us are dietitians here. So, no. um, and B, we're all and different people. even if you people. are a dietitian, you yeah. have to have studied everybody yeah. to know how somebody's going to respond. But, yeah. you know, understanding how much you're eating, when you're eating, and, and what you're eating, and all these other little things, it's going to yeah. boil down to a formula that's going to work best for you. And you just got to be honest and truthful with yourself in terms of and like. That formula seems to be brisket and borscht. <laughs> that's, yeah. now, I'd be all for that. <laughs> brisket, I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, a meat that's got a little bit of a fatty content to it. It's, that is literally the best part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of calories in that. Do you find to have issues with that? Do you have. I mean, Lance over here is gotta like feed the engine, man. Feed the looking engine. like, so oh, I want some brisket, but no, nope, man. You yeah. Gotta feed it. So the level of self-control that you have to either have or develop is pretty high. Yeah. Because there's times where, like any diet, it, it not fun, but you're gonna encounter serious struggle times where you just want nothing but to stuff yourself with yeah. whatever you see. Um, and for me, I'm a, well, yeah, I do. I can do that with sugar, but with like savory fatty meats, there's just, there's something, <laughs> something just. Dude, I'm so hungry right now. You need to stop this right now. This is, I'm so hungry. How do you curb the cravings? How do you, how do you keep yourself from going back for more? I know that a lot of it is self-control and it's probably derived from some sort of like competitive gene and you knowing that like, if I, if I go back and do this and I'm going to lose this many seconds on this climb. That is literally it. The, <laughs> yeah. The, the, basically the only thing that's kind of slapping my hand away from the food is my, the mentality is I want to be fast for some reason. Yeah. Um, is if I just, go out and take his Washington large KOM. That, that he's, that's literally, he's not that, that's literally <laughs> it. I just, you kind of have to, I wouldn't say I have a goal, but you, you have to, it's like, like almost, I, I kind of say, tell the same thing of when people say, Oh, I want to diet. It's like, I always tell them was like, well, why do you want to diet? Like, mm -hmm. even it's like, Oh, I want to work out. It's like, well, why? If you want to, like for me, if I work out for the sake of working out or dieting for the sake of working or dieting, in the long run, it will never work. Mm -hmm. There has to be, for me, a competitive edge to it. And dieting for me, like when I see it, it's like, are you just going to be two seconds slower up that climb? Do you want it? <laughs> and, like, and I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, it's like literally... It's all mental. There's literally, there's like physical wise, there's nothing. It's 100% mental that I want to be just be faster gotcha. than Evan 
every you, time. You you so should have been born into like some like GC role, man. I'll tell you what, like if you had been born into Europe and like your dad had been a professional cyclist before, you'd be like racing in the Giro right now. Like I swear, this is well, just because Mike's mental game is always bet like. If somebody could go down, was it you, me, and Tonk? And I think it just became you and me because Tonk probably wanted to stop listening at some point. Our text stream going into some of these KOMs is hilarious. It's like down to the point tenth of what the weight is. Like, where's your FTP at this time? Like, what do you think we can hold for the first 15 minutes? Yeah. Like, down to the second of these things. Yeah. What carries more weight for you, taking a KOM or getting into a bike race and mixing it up there? Ooh, Ooh that's a good um, question. Kind of have a KOM. I was going to say, don't lie on this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, because that lives on forever and everybody has to it look does, at it. It does, because bike results yeah, are temporary. Almost. <laughs> and, and for me, it's not, not necessarily that bike races are temporary because you can win some kind of trophy or yeah. s- something that is permanent. But for me, um, bike racing is it's just it's a lot harder to schedule or sign up for just because most of it's because of family so i can't necessarily train or diet for for races for me that's that's a bad plan because then if something happens and i can't make that race it's like oh man just threw away a month of training and, and dieting for no reason but if i put a kom i can technically schedule that whenever i want sure. to so i don't have an excuse to be like so you would say mm-hmm. being time crunched keeps you from probably applying your physical prowess, if you will, to an actual bike race because of all the different variables that are going on in your Which, life. Yeah. Anybody who's raced with Mike too or ridden with him, I there might be somebody listening to this is like, oh, he's just like a KOM hunter. No, like Mike could go into any bike race. And if we had a team around, like if we had three, four guys working for him, he's going to win that race. Like yeah. it's, he's got a sprint. He's got definitely the 10 minute power too and all that to like be able to win the races. Yeah, It's not just like you're an engine too, you know, like, like this is like when I go on KOM hunt, I'm very aware that if I jump to do a bike race, I'm not winning that bike race. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no. I'm, I'm one of those guys that on the bike that's good at everything, but not great at anything. It's I'm yeah. kind of like mass or what, how's that saying go? Oh, uh, uh, master of nothing, good at all or something. I know it's uh, yeah, 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 something yeah. like that. Jack yeah. of all trades, master Jack of all of trades, none. master yeah. of none. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So Lance, if you had to assign a pro rider that reminds you of Mike Guyvin, who would it be? Like right now, the Ooh, that's people a good would question. Know. That is Going the pro peloton, who is? Um, or how about you, Evan? You got somebody? Well, yeah, I do. I do. Um, I'm gonna say Thomas Jugent. Yeah, rides really aggressive. Always likes to get in the break. Well, a guy who's just gonna do tons of pulls on the front, and even though he's won races, he's probably lost a lot more races because he burns his matches throughout the can races. He sprint? Yeah, Thomas. Tom, Thomas in a, sh- in a small break. Yeah, can get out there. I mean, Mike, you're hitting 15, 1600 watts in the sprint, right? Yeah, the most I've ever hit. Was I think right under sixteen hundred? Gotcha. Yeah, that that actually might be more than Dejan's sprint. <laughs> no lie, that might actually be more because Dejan's a small guy. But that's yeah, dang. Did you come up with somebody? Or you're just gonna agree with Evan? Say I, I, I'm going with Evan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nibbly comes to mind too because yeah. he can get in the break and he has that power to stay away from the break and he descends like a madman as he does, does. Mr. Guy. Yeah, I've witnessed so. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Ooh, Nibbly's a good one, actually. Um, yeah. But, well, this was mostly diet, I suppose. Um, but with with training, with training wise, um, the reason why I started doing mostly, well, not the reason why, but um, I started watching the Dylan Johnson videos, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. huge on intervals. Yep. Um, and for for a long time, I was a big 
or you just have to just max out, max out, max out. And then, but he was like, no, take breaks. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so start doing higher intensity and more breaks. Um, and then once I started doing that, my FTP just kind of went, yeah. just rose way You've like up. experimented with your own training for long enough too, where I think it's, you, you literally had like an, you're an active experiment of your own training. Cause you can look down the logs of all your training. It was all a ton of it's erg mode now. Yeah. So but, you even know like what was effective and what was not. Yeah. But definitely I, I don't go into my high intensity intervals without a base. You have to have that good, because if you're trying to start doing high intensity intervals right after you're going to be puking every day. Yeah. And it's, um, so throughout like, winter um i try to do just mostly base training i'll do like five minute intervals at like 300 watts and then take a break another 300 um five minutes and so i'll do for bases i'll do a lot higher like longer blocks and i'll do like pyramid type stuff but once i start um try to peak i'll do 30 second intervals um and th they'll be like six watts per kilo or or even sometimes even a little bit higher and then 30 second on 30 second off and i'll do you can't do like a ronda stat type workout yeah too, right? and i try yeah. to do accumulate 20 minutes worth of um high intensity power and then but that just that it helps me by far the most um and also the reason one of the reasons why i started doing that because i i forget if it was a video or an article that I read that, and this was a, a, a pro that he was saying, base fitness is actually a lot harder to achieve than peak power. Peak power, you, it, it's, it's a finicky thing. It comes and goes. But if you have a strong base, um, it's a, yeah, it does take a lot longer to get, but it stays a lot longer. But peak power, you can train within like a couple of weeks of, of a race, which you can't do that with, sure, with, with, with base. Period. Yeah. Um, I think, I think and that's... also peak power is really hard to hold. Um, it's yeah. It, it's, if you try to hold it all year, good luck. It's, it's just not possible in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you, you're going to come off it. You're going to have, it's going to ebb and flow. I mean, you can have it like yeah. really peaked out two, three, four times a year for like periods of time, but then it's going to fall off and you're just going to have those like, it's just not there right now, guys. Yeah. You know, we, we've seen that plenty of times. I think I think the cool part about Mike's train, too, is I think a lot of people would look at this and be like, oh, man, six hours a week. That probably means a lot of, like, 30-second hard intervals, like a ton of VO2 work and stuff like that. It's like, no, like, actually, a lot of Mike's work was was sweet spot is, is, is a ton of it. Now, Mike's sweet spot's different than anybody listening to this for the most part. It's like, yeah. But, but <laughs> you know, 300 might, might be some people's 30-second interval, but that's but a ton of your base train you even got – because when you erg mode and train the way that you do, where like mentally you don't really need much of a warm up or a cool down or anything, you're like highly effective in that short amount. If you can get in six hours of training and dosing in your sweet spot, what some people might mentally need like eight to 10 hours to. Yeah, but even right now, my, um, my 30 second intervals, I'll only do that once or twice a week. Yeah. No more than that. Cause then you'll, you'll just mentally burn out. And then the rest is mostly high base. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what percentage do you like to work off your FTP? Like, like if you were doing like a, like an eight by eight minute or something like that. Ooh, so, so I, I don't really necessarily go off my FTP. I just go off the Zwift zones yeah. and the zone one, two. And you just slowly raise the measure base fitness is getting better. Yeah. Better. Currently right now I have my, um, 
I think my FTP setting on Zwift is 350, 340, somewhere around there. Yeah. But that's it, indoor trainer setting now. So yeah, but but even that, like my the workouts that I, I don't necessarily go off of the the FTP setting that I have in there because I yeah. know the FTP setting kind of comes and goes, and I I don't really want to mess with Zwift settings all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's mostly knowing what my body is because because there are days that like even my high intensity intervals like they're some days will be higher than others so and zwift has that arrow button to where you can bump it up or bump Mm -hmm. it down yeah Yeah, some days i'll just bump it up a little bit some days it's like it's a struggle and i'll just bump it down um so it's just it depends but for me and even there there are days that on those high intensity intervals i literally have to pause the workout to just catch my breather get a breather um because every day is not the same. There's some days at work that are just harder than others and just, or just, yeah. So Evan, I got a question for you. Yeah. Let's say you're done with triathlon. You hang up those, <laughs> the, the triathlon career, calling I'm, it a day. I'm but still not my guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> so no more swimming, no more running for you. And you're just going to focus yeah. on the bike. How many hours a week do you need to keep yourself fit and sharp, knowing that you can mm-hmm. do all of the fun things that you want to do on a bike. And I know that's a very subjective thing. Cause like, yeah. well, we need X amount of hours. Well, if you're going to be like an endurance, you know, cyclist yeah. and you're yeah, going to be doing like racing, a lot of centuries and that kind of stuff and or you're doing like hundred mile gravel races, like the, the mm-hmm. kind of training that you need to do that for that's going to be very different from like, say a 50 or 60 mile race. Yeah. But let's just, say hypothetically that you kind of know the kind of stuff that, that, that Mike needs to do. How many hours a week are you putting in and what does yeah. that week look like for you? Yeah. Let's say, let's say my life got a lot busier and I was like the other three people at this table where I have to raise other human beings and care about somebody outside of myself for once. So <laughs> the let's, if, if that happened, what I would do if I was not to do triathlon and I was to focus on cycling, yeah. um, life getting busy and busy and me having a job where I know I'm standing a lot, kind of like Mike too, or just so sometimes not even the heavy lifting of jobs, just the fact that you're standing for 10 hours. Um, I could shrink my train down to 10 hours a week mm-hmm. on the bike and maintain, I would still think cat one, two, three type power. And the, the reason I know that is only because I'm, I'm lucky enough and well, lucky's kind of the wrong word. Cause me and Mike both know it takes a lot of anybody can try this for a year. When you do it for like 10 to 12 years, yeah. it's a lot. I've been training high volume a very long time, mm-hmm. like going on 12 years now, there was a time period, even I joke with Josh about this and I, I might've told Mike. My bike rides used to be, I used to guarantee try to ride 15 hours a week. This is when I was an undergraduate. I like just started road cycling and I wouldn't, uh, this is right when I started studying physiology. I was like, you need to put in a ton of volume when you're young. So I would try to ride at 20 miles per hour on my little cat eye on the same gosh darn loop for three hours, basically most days. Like, and it was three hours and it was the same loop in eight Ohio in the middle of nowhere. And I thought if I averaged 20 miles an hour, that was like my watt translation. I'm like, I'm just going to keep on doing this. So like Mike said, I just extended out my base period. My base period was like four years probably of just riding like that, which mm-hmm. who knows what that was wattage wise. It was just the same sweet spot wattage over and over again. But that along with a lot of bike racing at that age was how I built my high end structure from my base. So after doing that for years and years, I'm able to shrink, let's say I'm training 24, 25 hours a week mm-hmm. now down to 10 hours and I can still be really fit off of 10 hours. If somebody was training maybe only 12 to 15 hours and you shrink down to 10, you might not see the same results, but I would be able to shove in a lot of very specific sweet spot, longer duration sweet spot, and then a lot of higher intensity work because I've trained 
for years and years at that mid 20 hour mm-hmm. range. It's the same idea in triathlon when we, I grill my eyes every single time with these terrible marketing pitches where they're like, be fast in a foot. And Lance knows this because this was the polarized era. And everybody's like, yes. be fast in an Ironman off 10 to 12 hours a week. If you ran D1. It's like, <laughs> yeah, if there's cool. history of aerobic If you ran 90 there. to 100 miles a week for five years of your life. No, so it's, they, they like, they, they like throwing that out because it's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's attractive to people, but you need to look at what was your base. So what is too much hours wise, whether that's like 12 hours, let's say you're like, my life cannot fit 12 hours. It's like, okay, cool. But the way that when you had a little bit more time in your life at 12, you can maybe shrink down to seven or eight and still be fast, mm-hmm. but you probably can't cut it by 50% and still mm-hmm. be fast. So I think it's, I think it's just finding for you specifically. You're like, what would be my high volume type work? And you know, Mike is, you even, you even were putting, putting in like 14, 15 hours for a little short bit there, weren't you? Yeah. For, I think there's, I mean, I don't think it was more than a month, yeah. but yeah, which, I, I, I tried to, which for Mike was going to spike his, I mean, because these guys been operating off 10 hours now for a while. So his up to 15 is like, that's, I mean, his, his body's going to gobble that up for sure. sure. But he has six years now of built up. Yeah, tolerance to that. You know, somebody else who tries to make that jump just going to be exhausted and not yeah. not work. So you got to you you, you got to be very honest with what your aerobic history is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a question we hear all the time down here at the lab. People oh, wanting yeah. to get faster, and, and unfortunately, a week? exactly. But yeah. a lot of these people that are coming in, like they just took up cycling recently and discovered yeah. that I love this. I mean, they're three, four, five months into their journey. Just enjoy it first. Yeah, you got to yeah. You just go out and ride. Yeah, I mean, just in the ride. beginning, just just go ride your bike. Buy a cat eye first. <laughs> Really? Because that, I mean, like, like not everybody's mental yeah. game is built like Mike's over here yeah. or is, I mean, like, like, like we joke about in here all the time. If I was to tell somebody my habits, my diet, my weird times of day training and yeah. how I prioritize training, I would never tell anybody to go do that. Yeah. Like, well, how do I get fast in triathlon? I was like, I'd give up a lot in life and be not fun. Yeah. You know? It's like the only way to do it. Yeah. Lance, when you're hitting on all cylinders, what does your training program look like? I know we've talked about this before in the past, but how many hours is like the sweet spot for you? For me, um, uh, it's around 15 hours a week when I'm feeling really good. When I'm feeling fit and fast, it's it's if I'm averaging about 15 hours a week. Okay. And usually I've been between 10 and 25 hours a week. There are some weeks where I... O- only 10 and 25? Yeah. You had a time period where you were close to like 20 for a little bit though. Yeah, when you were on your like cyclocross nationals plan, you were several months where yeah, I went you were almost around 20, 20 hours a week. While. Yeah, yeah. I did that for a while. What's the minimum that you can get by with though and still show good positive results? If it's if it's a very focused training which includes intervals, probably at least like high intensity intervals like VO2 max intervals at least once a week. Uh-huh. And sweet spot um sessions twice a week, mm-hmm. you can do that on like 5 hours. A week. Okay. But can you do that on five hours and get productivity out of it? Yes, I have been able to do that. Yeah. Okay. You know, Trainer Road is a very popular training program. Um, It's, and it's, it's set up specifically to make you faster. The whole point is to make you faster. Um, The knock on it is you can't do those workouts in Zwift. And so when you're on your trainer, you're, you're not, you can't do them yet on Zwift. We're hoping that comes but that's still a pipe dream but you know they they have plans where they have a low volume plan a mid volume plan and a high volume plan and the high volume plan is only seven to ten hours a week Mm -hmm. and so the mid volume plan i think is up to seven hours and the low volume plan is up to five hours a week so you know trainer road is something where you can like build a plan in there you just put in your different 
parameters, what race you want to do, even if you're not doing a race, what event you want to do and how to get yourself ready for that, they will set up a plan for you to, to do that. That includes the sweet spot work, the threshold work, the VO2 work, you know, it, it, they'll set it all up depending on what you kind of do. It's, it's kind of a, a unique system with what, what percentage of people I was just talking with somebody about this recently. What percentage of people do you think that sign up for trainer road actually complete? Like, let's say they have a month of workouts, yeah. actually complete it. And what is, and this is where we're going to physiology and what would be an actual effective dose? I have no idea what you're asking. How many, how many people, so let's say it's five to six hours a week and for five to six hours a week, if your goal is I want to get faster and I want to like be racing, like sure. road racing, that means you're going to need to actually complete everything in there. Like, and not, not, not just to get so, in the time. It's like actually complete. Like it, like in a seven hour week, there'll be four workouts. Yeah. One of those will That's be a, a lot. One of those will be a recovery workout where yeah. it's just, you know, one of those will be an endurance workout. Mm -hmm. So that's you know, low intensity and one would be a high intensity like VO2 type work and the other would be a sweet spot work. So it's totally doable. That dep uh, that's not from what I've, I've, I just recently was looking at all their structure. It's, they have a lot of sweet spot in their build. This a is like, lot. not like the pre, in, in this the, is in the build stuff in the, in the I'm first, like from first stage or two, the first, the first month or two of getting in there, there's a lot of sweet a spot lot. build, like a lot, but it depends on what your, your goal race is. I yeah. you know right now I have like an hour and 15 minute goal race in there. So I'm doing yeah. hardly any sweet spot. It's mostly VO two work okay. twice a week. Gotcha. So I think, I think 25, 20, 25% of people actually can make it through yeah, a maybe. lot of, it's brutal. Like it is, it is incredibly brutal. It's what brutal. Puts and together. for me, it's tough because this is why people reach out to coaches too, yeah. is because this is cool if you're Mike or if you're a robot. Yeah. But it's like, here's what people don't get is if you miss one of those. Yeah. Cool. Tire thing's broken. No, that's not true because now it they, adjusts, but I'm saying your goal is now broken. Well, cause no, that's very specific off of that. It, not necessarily because they now have this AI system with it that adjusts yeah, your plan for you. Yeah. So they're, they're, their artificial intelligence log algorithm that's working with it now, which is just a new thing in the last year. Like really recently. Yeah. Just yeah. this last year. Your, this is what David was showing me recently your whole their, program yeah. will adjust. If you, if you miss a workout or if you don't complete a workout or if yeah. you did better in a workout than you thought, it will adjust all your remaining workouts for you. So it's yeah. not like it's, I mean, it's just like any training plan, even with, yeah. even with a coach, if you, you know, sometimes oh, yeah. life gets in the way and you don't get a workout done or I'm, I, you get sick for four days, Yeah, you know, you're, Goal is gone then too, but you know, with a coach, they can adjust it. These can do that as well. Do you find nah. it demoralizing though to nah. go out there and look and say, "Oh, another sweet spot that looks just like the one that I this did." Is, this, and it's just like it's, it feels like Groundhog's Day. I, I would never tell program. anybody to go download Trainer Road. Is what I'm saying. I would never tell anybody to go do that. I would it, say either go out and have fun and yeah. ride, and don't worry about what you're training. Just go out there and enjoy yourself on a bicycle, or go get a coach. Yeah. One of the two. You also tell people to eat at 9.30 at night. <laughs> it's worked for me. It's worked for me. So for me, I have to be young all, and... Uh, it is, it is. But I have experience. a lot of results and experience that back this up because training is not an algorithm, mm -hmm. is I what mean, I'm going to say. And this is, yes, they have this new program that they think they're adjusting this stuff, but you signed up for Trainer Road with a certain goal saying you can only give five to seven hours. 
a coach sometimes can convince somebody that, hey, your goal needs to be adjusted because off five hours a week, you're not going to be as fast as you think you are. Yeah, that's true for some people. That's true for a lot of people, yeah. I so, think. So, yeah. Um, you know Trainer Road and you know how that works. Yeah. It's, you go out there, you do. I obsessively to- looked at this stuff actually with David because. <laughs> no, so I know few, a few people who could nail Trainer Road. Yeah. Mike being one of them. Like, yeah. like, like Mike signed up for a Trainer Road program and was like, I could do 10 hours a week. He'd be crushing, but he's already found his formula. Yeah. Like Mike knows his formula. So he's his own best coach. For me, I mean, I know what I need to do and I need to get certain yeah. kinds of, of workouts in. And I am very fortunate in that I get to create all of the rides that get yeah. posted onto Strava of what we're going to do. And a lot of times it's kind of a self-serving thing because I know what kind of a ride I want to do. And if I want to be push or if I want to make sure that I'm going to hold a certain tempo or something like that i'll schedule a group ride and and i'll either make it a little bit longer if i know that we don't want to have as many intervals in there and i know that i need some of that that sustained wattage yeah or if it's going to be something that's going to be shorter punchier where i want to get a workout that's not necessarily going to be a a perfectly structured program you're going to follow an erg mode you're going to follow Mm -hmm. like you're going to do this many at this for this length of time and this is your rest interval yeah that's where we have the flogging ride, you yep. know? So we're going to go do that. Yeah. And now if I, if I want a gravel ride, yeah, a gra- VO2. Like, probably, probably some VO2 work. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Long sustained climbs. That's why we went out and did something like that yesterday. Granted, I wasn't the one that created that route, but it fit perfectly into my schedule of what I need to be working on right now. Yeah. Or if I need to go hold, you know, X amount of Watts for three hours, I'll go the battleground loop you know, or the, the metric yep. rack century or something like that. Like I know what that's going to give me. So, and, and I know if I need to do something that's very specific that nobody else wants to do, I will go out and do it by myself and yeah. that, that, that all works and for you, me. So, and, and you've built yourself as an aerobic athlete yeah. for a long time now. So you've, yeah. you've ju- just like Mike, when we were just talking about Mike, a lot of trial and error, yeah. a lot of like, I know that this is kind of what works for me. Yeah. Now, if you were to go download a trainer road, cause you're like, I want to be really fast this year. What you realized with all of that is that it became down to mental motivation as to yeah. what got you through all those intervals. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you're locked in on a trainer, and you're staring at, what does David always say? Is it the blue line? I forget. Is it the blue line, the thing that Probably. follows those boxes? Or yeah. blue boxes? Or David say he loves to check off on the blue boxes yeah. or whatever. But like that takes away all of what made your training special before, which was there was always a motivation, a carrot. There's n- no joy there for me following yeah. that. I can't do so it. I would just not tell most people, most. Yeah. Yes, there are, there are the people who eat at 9.30 and can get a good night's sleep. We know that that's not most people. <laughs> I completely understand. Like, it's not most people. Most people cannot eat what I have on the table right here and do what I do right now, which I'm is looking good. at a Snickers wrapper. Which is dumb, yeah. <laughs> but carbs, drink, yeah. eat carbs. But most people cannot do trainer road. Correct. Most people. Yeah. This is very hard training. I think there. Mo- what my point is, is that for, for the, I'm ma- just with you for the majority, I know, for the majority <laughs> of people who don't have Guy Vance, you know, fire or drive or don't have the experience that Jake has and what he's done yeah. or doesn't have the physiology experience that you have that are trying to get faster and don't know where to start. Hire a coach. Or don't have the time <laughs> or money to hire a coach or Trying don't are afraid cheap. to be. It is pretty cheap, relatively. Eh, how it, cheap per it's month? It's like 18 bucks a month. That's not terrible. No. But you got to buy the smart trainer. And a coach. Yeah. No, you don't. Coaches you can do these workouts expensive. outside, by the way. You can do all the workouts outside. Oh, if you're riding outside, just ride outside, for God's sake. Well, well all I'm saying is guys. that <laughs> it, it can give you direction on, for people that don't want to pay 300 or $400 for a coach a yeah. month Ooh, I or, pay don't, or don't know how to, where to start or how do I find a program? Mm-hmm. You know, this is an option for them to be able to do structured training that could help them get faster. So it's that, also an option to end up hating cycling and burning out way too quick. <laughs> and then, well, people aren't going to do this unless, yeah, 
they have a goal. Not, not, not always. Not, not. I do know quite a few people who I would consider to be very beginner that tried trainer road and were like, "Wow, I just could not stick with the plan." Yep. Or they well, would miss multiple and whatever their algorithm they're using. Now I'm sure just like one thing that kind of I don't know. Like I heard this at at a very early point in my cycling career um, was throughout all this training. Like I've all, when I started, it's like, man, I want to be faster because it's going to be easier. It, it does like completely wrong. <laughs> and like, did Le say something about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, a lot of people, like if there's. It doesn't get easier, you just, you go just get faster. faster. Yeah, you just get there's, faster. like if you're going to start um, like doing high intensity intervals and thinking it's some, sometime yeah. going to be like, oh man, that climb is going to be easy. It's like Larch Mountain, that, that Washington Larch. It sucks no matter how fast I go up that thing. Like it's, I I hate that climb. But but, but it does suck. But when you're looking down there and you're watching the segment live on, I know you turn it off, but we'll pretend that you you keep that on. And it shows that you're 10 seconds ahead. That makes you giddy. It makes you happy inside. And it makes you, it makes it suck a little less, you know, because you're going that fast. Well, I I will say that the last time that, well, not the last time, but the, the, the last time last year when I attempted that, um, the KOM attempt and I was, I was watching, I didn't have this live segment, but I was watching my power and I knew what my, like what it should be and what I was pushing. I was pushing at one, like I was pushing 370. My goal was actually still push like 350. I was pushing 370 and I was feeling good. Jeez. Like it was so weird. I was waiting. Like, you're like, When's this gonna? Nice. When's this gonna start hurting even yeah, more? When's yeah. this gonna start to like, really suck? Oh, it's only three seventy. Okay, let's ramp it up. <laughs> um, it was just like I felt good that day. It was, but that that's the one thing that I suppose it does get easier. But that's about it. But like like thinking it's like oh it's gonna be easier on a flogging ride or or something like that. It won't be easier because then once you get faster, you're 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 gonna be the one dishing out the flogging. So. It's it's a very funny thing, you know. It, to, to 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 get fast off of like short amount of time too, you could just join a cycling team and talk to enough guys. Like like if you have the Mike on the team or like the yeah. Jake on the team that's been on the team or Lance who's been training since like 1962, I think. <laughs> this is like you can you could ask those guys and you can kind of structure together. And be like, okay, if I really want to get fast, like not just like I want to better. There's a difference between I want to get fast and I want to better myself. Mm-hmm. I actually do think there's a difference there because. Sure. Mike, would you say your goal is to better yourself? Nah, come on. Right. No, 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 it's not, not, like not at all. Like I literally just want to just want like, to be the best. Period. Be the best yeah. and cause pain for other guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, so if you're not that guy, then you just kind of want to make yourself better. Yeah. Join a cycling team and just like be around guys who have done it for a while and realize like, oh, you know, Lance usually goes on like, well. Lance, back when he was a dentist, goes on like, does like, you know, a longer weekend ride. And then during the week, he does one pretty spicy ride. And he tells me he rides pretty easy on other days. And I rode with him once. I was able to keep up with him. So there's my three riding days right there. Yeah. And save yourself the 18 bucks a month. Like one of my. I'm just talking down trainer road right now because I, <laughs> I still love that Dylan video where he like tried to punch a hole in trainer road for a second. And everybody just like came down on Dylan. They're like, oh, they research it so much though. I'm like, well, yeah, but they didn't realize that like. Physiology and research is in a vacuum and not like real life, but <laughs> for the 99.9% of people yeah. out there who are riding bikes, do you think they need something that specific? No, no. Yeah. I not mean, that's, all. that's where I break it down. It's like, you can do all it's these like, fancy do you programs get and, faster. Do you want to just yeah. get better? That, that needs to be the question. 
a long interval day, a short interval day. Yep. You want to have a day off. You want to have an active recovery day in there. You want to have like a, a nice little, um, I don't know, like a zone Fog two half ride. Friday. Fog half well, Friday. And then yeah, having a group ride built in there and then a day where you just go for a long ride. You do yeah. those basic things right there. And trust me, you will get yeah. faster. You and could if, even do your VO2 day on a mountain bike if you wanted. Try and hit that yeah. 8 to 10 hour mark. That's a golden number. If you've only got 5 to 6, just make sure that you're getting the quality work in there. Make yep. sure that you're doing the harder stuff and you're getting those longer intervals and the shorter intervals and you're going to get good results. And just know it's going to take a little bit longer. It's going to take you longer yep. to build up that base fitness. It's a little bit longer to get sharpened and mm-hmm. know that you're not going to be able to be super fast or super sharp all year round and just do what you can. If Last, last, last fun question. Yeah. If you take somebody with decent base fitness, let's, let, let's say they were like an athlete from another sport before they ran when they were younger, they swam when they were younger, maybe now they're hopping on a bike and they know how to ride a bike yeah. and they come from mountain biking. Let's say, yeah. let's say you have Mike Ivan seven years ago, just without the mentality. <laughs> so you go, how lo- if they said no? I want to be like fast. I want to be like P one two fast one day. I know this is what I want to do. How many years does it take that person? And they're just new to the sport. New to the sport, but they have a good athletic, very good athletic base. I'm going to say at least three, Let's maybe. Th- I'll just say three. Very close, yeah. yeah. I was going to say four, but yeah. yeah, Mike on the skinny side, yeah. Yeah, well, it's. I was gonna say two to three, but it, it depends on on the person. It's kind of it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. How I mean, quick they want to burn out? There yeah. are some special people out there that could probably do sure. it faster, but I think for yeah. just a good athlete coming out of there, give, give me three years with that person. Yeah, as long as they can stay consistent and they can stick to the the you know the plan. Yeah. Yep. That, that's got my two take. So yeah. let's answer the question. I don't know if we did a very good job of answering how many hours a week. Do people need to get fast? That for it's me, that's a very, but, yeah. very because it's everybody's like, got to get a firm answer. Because I'm going to say it depends. It's, it's, but <laughs> for, for me, that's that that's the same question on when people ask me. It's like, oh, what is a good bike? Yeah, and it's like for <laughs> that's for, a good for, comparison. for for me, yeah. it's like that is that's nearly impossible to answer because a my definition of a good bike and your definition of a good bike is wildly different. Like there's even a couple of weekends ago, this kid asked me, I was I'm at my in-laws and he asked me, he's like, Oh, what's a good bike and how much should I spend on it? I was like, a BMX bike. First <laughs> off, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, and, and I asked him, it's like, how much is a lot of money on a bike for you? Yeah. And he's like a thousand dollars. I was like, my cheapest bike is three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Our standard, and, and same thing. It's like, and that's the same thing when people is like, well, what is fast for you? Mm-hmm. It's for me fast, and for let's say for somebody, for for like my wife, fast is completely wildly different. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's for me. I'd ask them like, well, what is a what is fast for you? Mm-hmm. And for like for example, if they if for them fast is let's say if they want to do let's say for like our flogging ride, they want to be fast in the D group or C group. Um, that's fine. It's a, it's a different thing. If it's like you want to be fast in the A group. Yeah. That's, it just depends for me, yeah. bare minimum an hour a day. So I'd say about six hours a week. Yeah. Bare for, minimum. Huh? Bears, yeah. bears good. It's I would say, yeah, I, I would say if you want to be in the A and B group and you want to actually be taking poles and like covering attacks, Let's say that that puts you as like a cat three guy, maybe cat two guy, eight to 10. I think it's bare minimum. If you want to get into a road race as a four or five, Mm -hmm. six. Yeah, six. So somebody that's going to go out and race 
30 to 50 miles in a cap four or five. Yeah. Okay. Six. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I was going to say six, six oh, hours. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. That is super skinny and you're going to be, you're going to be making gains. You're yeah. going to get, you're going to get faster. You're going to have That's good what results. your typical gym goer does. Yeah. But, but if you think about it more efficient, cause that gym goer has to grab the gym bag, go to the gym, shower afterwards there and drive back. Sure. Technically on the bicycle, you just hop on the trainer and you can be done an hour while the kids are doing something. So yeah, it's or like, you can get up before everybody does their thing. Yeah. Just at two thirty AM. Whatever. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons why 90, I'd say about 98% of all my rides are on the trainer just yeah. cause it's, it's, you'd think that it's just as fast as hopping out on the road. It's actually even faster. Just hop yeah. on the trainer. Oh, so much quicker. Um, and with the intervals that you can do on the trainer versus the road with stoplights and cars and the terrain of the road is not there. Trainer for me is by far the most efficient way to train. It is efficient. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, because you can, you can dial in your, your intervals, your training down to the T. Um, and a lot of stuff that I did, I actually kind of, um, I mean, you guys all know who the, Tyler Pierce is, the vegan cyclist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually screenshot his workouts on uh, yeah. that he posts on. And I know I, which one I, you're talking I do, about because he I, does I copy, your style. I copy a lot of his workouts. Um, that's, but besides that, I just kind of. He's been training like 20 hours a week though. Yeah. But, but <laughs> I, I, and so, so let, let's say for example, <laughs> he posts like a, a monstrous, like a workout and I'll just fit it to my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I sometimes you get bored and of my own workouts. So I'll just like, I'll just copy his, but yeah. I'll just make it fit my schedule. Um, mm-hmm. so time crunch, you can still make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing you don't want to do those right every day for 500 days. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. That's dumb. <laughs> it can be too much. <laughs> Idiots even even more important than the recovery ride is the recovery day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's a, it's a very, subjective thing it's very relative to what your goals are um but yeah i think this was a good topic and, and mm-hmm. having mike in here and, and finding out a little bit more about what's under the hood here in terms oh, of he's like the his, expert on this yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah because there's a pretty stark contract i mean we could put you guys both out there on the road and say go have at it and you're 20 25 30 hours a week but granted you're I'm training sure for like three sports odds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 definitely do- well, and also my style of training is way different than when me and Mike were chasing KOMs together. But that's about to change. I'm trying to gear. So I look forward to every spring let's to say, just waiting for whatever Mike's got on his plate for KOMs. Let's like. say that the family wasn't an issue. Let's say that work wasn't an issue, and you guys had all of the time in the world to train. How many hours a week would you be putting in on the bike, Evan? Oh me, 30. if you if uh, it, it is just the bike, just the bike, thirty yeah. hours a week. You would like so if you wanted guaranteed thirty hours a week, you would be training thirty hours a week yep. if, if yeah. Wow. How about you? But Mike? if Mike was training 20, I would put my odds on Mike being faster than me. Why is that? I know this guy's training well enough to know that if Mike, if Mike Ivan was training 20, if Tonk is listening to this and I said, Tonk, if Mike was training the way he trains for 20 hours a week and did not have to stand all day, how fast would he be? He'd be in a grand tour. Wow. Not, not making that up. Yeah. For me, I would love, love to do 30 hours a week. I would just, it would tickle me pink. You know how many hours of day that is right let's just, yeah let's quit would, let's quit this stuff and go to turkey with kent ross and i just would start training like hours i've actually week. i've actually even <laughs> joked with my wife that all i want to do i want to quit work and i want somebody to pay me to bike and cook food that's all i want to do <laughs> borscht and bikes <laughs> that's like that's 
But how many hours would you be training a week? I mean, I, you you do it right now. I mean, I can train as much as I want to <laughs> right now. Where, where's the happy spot? For but you? Lance actually enjoys. Fifteen hours a week is plenty for yeah. me. When yeah. I'm doing 25, 30 what, hours. What a week, if you it's were thirty? Much. What if you were thirty? Again? I'm not thirty. What if you were? I'm though? I'm almost fifty-two. Because thirty, <laughs> you had six hours a week to train. Seven, uh, right? No. Eight, maybe. 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 Not even that. Yeah. I was working like 90 hours a week, 80, 90 hours a week when I was 30. How many hours did we do at training camp? Was that 25, 30, somewhere in there? I think in those eight days, it was only like 24 because... You would would have needed to be like a 45-minute trainer guy. Like, that's it. You would have had 45 minutes at what, 4 a.m. or something like that? Right. Yeah, I'm riding bikes, but I've got too many other. Like, if you take all the responsibilities off my plate and call me retired, I'm still not going to ride that much. That's I've what got, I'm saying. I've got too many other hobbies and I things have, that are interesting yeah. to me. I so. have all the time yeah. I want to to ride right now, and 15 hours is plenty for yeah, me. That's kind of where I think I would gravitate to right now as well. Like, yeah. get up, go do your ride, then go find something else fun to do in the day. And I think you guys would do it rocks. for more like pure, like. <laughs> Like I know Lance at least like Lance just loves biking. Yeah, like yeah. loves. I mean, I don't 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 worry, I love biking, but like at this point in my life, and I know Mike's the same way. Like if if you took away, like if they took away KOMs, Watts, racing, and everything else, I would I would really struggle for motivation. That that is for sure. If if there was not a direct competition, like if I did not need to beat somebody yeah. badly, that would, that would take away a lot yeah, of my drive. Yeah, it's all about the competition for me. If yeah. it's not that, like one of my and this is I go just goes soccer. to show on how big of a kind of a ass I am when it comes to cycling (laughs) like it nothing puts a smile on my face than when I go up to like join or able to join the flogging rides and nobody likes it that I showed up (laughs) (laughs) gosh dang it guy Vance here this was I still remember if if anyone wants to know like how not fun we would be to ride with is like you're so we did the windy ridge recently and we decided we made the dumb decision to start 30 seconds apart didn't we yeah, well, because it's the the start to it is kind of yeah. it's it's very hard to start there exactly at the same time. Um, yeah, but yeah, we start we about, about thirty seconds. Apart. And like Mike is driven by wanting to make me suffer as much as humanly possible, and I'm driven by not wanting to lose that bad because I just cannot lose. So we literally finished at the same time, starting thirty seconds apart on a forty five minute climb. <laughs> yeah, which we need who to take second? That back. What? Who? Well, who covered the gap? No, 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 we we tied on time, didn't we? Oh, you were exactly time. the same time. You, yeah. yeah, literally exactly. Started yeah. thirty seconds no, like, apart. Literally the exact same time. <laughs> yeah, because there's the, the, the like exact the, same time. The start to it is a it's a really start um, steep descent, uh-huh. and then it immediately kicks up. So if you're not on that yeah. guy's tail, I was like right away. It's like yeah. you're, and then we had like this RV that we had to go around. But if you have to be on that guy's tail the entire time gotcha gotcha um well, yeah Great. all right yep. well i think that's enough of that that was just fun. ride bikes for fun folks yes. oh man <laughs> like yeah ride 10 hours a week if you got the time and just enjoy the sights ride it for the pain <laughs> <laughs> how about a little one last thing evan price you got a one last thing for us yeah i just packed the bike that was fun i'm getting better and better with the time machine packing yeah better and better slowly over time yep and races on saturday Saturday. When do you fly down there? Uh, Thursday morning. And we got it. We got a fun house this time around. It's going to be me and Cassie. We got an Airbnb, like really close to the water and ocean side, which would nice. just be an awesome vacation too. But uh, we got Tyson Weiland, Stephen Parker, and AVT that are staying with us. So it's like a little pro's house, which is going to be fun. Sweet. Cassie's got to deal with all of us, but 
It's cool. <laughs> I told her, I want her to just like go out on runs and like enjoy the vacation and me, Steven and Tyson and AVT can just deal with our bikes and stuff all together. So sweet. Yeah. Mike, you got one last thing for us? I'm coming for you, Josh Munda. <laughs> shot fired. Hopefully this Friday. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Lance, one last thing. Um, I'm going back to my triathlon routes. I'm going to Oceanside to do the uh, 70.3 this weekend. I know you're not, but do you want, do you, do you want to drive down and just watch me? No, It'd be so I much don't. fun to have I, you there. There's oh no God, way you're getting on. me in the water again. <laughs> I am going to race my bike this Saturday, though. The Mudslinger uh, mountain oh, bike nice. race Sweet. is this Saturday, so I'm hoping to go line up down there and uh, see how much fitness I've lost. Is that going to be your first mountain bike race of the year? Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. My one last thing, other than come out and do all the rides as normal, is mm. did you guys have happen to catch um, Vegan Cyclist's little video that he put out about the, uh, crit, crit, cross? Oh, yes. the crit Cross? That si- looks yes. so awesome. Freaking awesome. I was like, Carlos, we need it. We like, need I it had right so now. many people message me right after that. Yeah. We're like, oh, my God, we need that race. How do we get that up here? It looked like almost like a go-kart track. Can I just be the like, flag-waving guy? Well, well, like, for, I would just wear a like Speedo. PIR would be... The ideal location because there's yeah. everything set up, but I just don't know the logistics. They won't let us do like, it there. Yeah. But that looked so much fun. I was like, who's got the most land here that we can just We just need somebody with. like with five acres. Who, yeah. make something That's what I'm thinking. Killer. Just like, yeah. I don't know. Lance, go buy some property. All right. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> can we do it? Well, uh, what we about what Lance? Come, well, no, they wouldn't let no, us do that. No, we can take all the rocks, all the 2,000 um, pounds of rocks that Lance has and make different gravel routes. There you go. By Fort Vancouver. But they, I don't think they'd let us. I don't know. Because Fort Ooh, Vancouver. That would actually be kind of cool. Fort Vancouver has that little paved section going up through the yep. middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. But then I wouldn't, I don't know where we'd possibly even built like a dirt jump kind of section. Yeah. There's a gravel, you cool. go on grass. You could do, well, the grass would be tough because then everybody would be on cross bikes basically. Yeah. But I don't know. I just watching that video that I, I watched the whole 30 minutes of it and yeah. it was just like listening to him recap. Are there any local, like, I mean, in Portland, do they have any motocross tracks outside of PIR and around Portland? I have no idea. Maybe Washougal. Washougal's got a Washougal. big one, but I don't, I I don't know. They build, they, they'd probably be willing to put something in up there at Washougal if it got people to come out. And that's such a, like a cool little dynamic. Washougal like, would be the place yeah. to look, I bet. I'll have to go talk to some folks that know some folks. You can have K&M Burger cater it. There's, Does anybody know K&M Burger There's here? also <laughs> a motocross track in um, the Woodland area. Yeah. How, okay. how, how you're on that? I forget the highway name. Five? Um, no. Yeah. How, how are you going to um, the, the, the what's that reservoir back there? Yale or us. Yeah, yeah, or b- down to Ariel, oh, ho- sure. or horseshoe. to like Cougar. Yep. There's going to be a. You're thinking um, of Horseshoe. That's Horseshoe Lake. No, that's in the other no, side. No, that's, that's on the oh, other side. But there's a east. there's a motocross okay. track there that they don't. Um, it's not used as much now. That I think would be actually that would be cool. Pretty cool spot. That would be so awesome. All the listeners right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we all lost it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I anyway. I thought that was a cool video. If you haven't checked it out, go to Vegan Cyclist's um, channel on YouTube. You can go watch the little crit cross thing, and that might plant some seeds. And that, folks, is what bike racing needs, is new, innovative stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's get people stuff. excited about The this. American crit scene can be creative, and it needs to start doing that, because that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Cool. All right. We do appreciate everybody listening. I know this was a long one, so thanks for hanging in there with us. We will be back next week with another podcast. Until then, bye for now. Bye.